God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will for all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you and we thank you for your love. Amen. So again, John chapter 21, listen now for the word of God. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. For very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go to wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So in 2015, I went with uh, my then girlfriend, Julianne, to uh, her annual family beach vacation for Memorial Day weekend. They had been going for 40 years and had made many different memories on this trip. But this year, in 2015, I decided we needed to add one more memory to that list. I decided it was the perfect time to ask Julianne a very important question. Now, I don't have to tell you, I was very nervous about asking Julianne this very important question. Anytime you ask someone if they love you or ask someone if they want to marry you, even when you've talked about it before, I can tell you it makes you nervous. We had talked about it several times, in fact. In fact, she had told me very clearly she was ready for me to ask that question. (laughs) i got to be honest, I just got in trouble and I didn't mean to do that. But we had talked about it before, and I had told her all throughout that spring, trying to throw her off a little bit, that I thought a diamond ring was a very good Christmas present. She didn't agree with that. She thought it was a good summertime present or something like that. But I was nervous. We got down to the beach, and I had been waiting for the ring to come. It was a friend of ours from South Carolina was sending the ring to me, and so it got to me in the mail an hour before we were supposed to leave and head to the airport. So I was a nervous wreck. Then we got to the airport, and I just knew they were going to check my bags and pull everything out and show her the diamond ring, and the whole surprise would be just ruined. I knew it was going to happen. Luckily, we got through security's fine, but we finally got down to the beach, and I was in such a nervous state that I locked myself out of the condo with the ring inside. Now, in hindsight, that was probably a pretty safe place for the ring to be, but at the time I was just so nervous, I went to a storage shed and found a ladder and climbed up to the second floor of the condo where I had unlatched the sliding glass door before and got in there, ran inside just to check and see if the ring was still there. It was. It was still there. 
Everybody could tell I was nervous, but nobody knew why. Finally, the night came where we, I was going to propose. We drove down to Siesta Key. I tried to time it right, to be there right at sunset, but of course the timing was all wrong. The sun had already gone down. It was dark, and it was unseasonably cool. Julianne didn't even want to walk out on the beach. <laughs> I very unromantically forced her out there and made her sit down beside me. She was not sure why I was torturing her like that until finally I told her I might have an early Christmas present in my pocket. That got her attention. And the rest is history. We get nervous when we have to ask big questions like that, especially questions like, do you love me? And yet, as people of faith, as human beings, we are called to ask questions. That's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we become better people. That's how we learn and grow. And yet, even in our faith, we're called to ask questions from time to time, to ask God why when we don't understand something. That's who we're called to be, and that's part of our faith. Even Jesus Christ, throughout his ministry, asked questions. If you were here on Wednesday night when we kicked off Lent with Ash Wednesday, you know that all throughout the season of Lent, we're going to be talking about some of those questions that Jesus Christ asked throughout his ministry. Sometimes he asked questions to his disciples to teach them things. Sometimes he asked questions to his opponents to try to rebuke them. Sometimes he even turned and asked questions to God, providing a pretty good model for us of the questions that we should be asking too. And so today we're going to take a look at one of those questions, this question that Jesus asks to one of his disciples, Peter, do you love me? Now, the context of this, this actually takes place after Easter. Easter has already come. The tomb is already empty. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's actually appeared to the disciples a couple of times. And now here in this story, even though he's already appeared to the disciples, the disciples are out fishing, of all things. They've gone right back to their life of doing all the normal things they did before they met Jesus. And this is the right after the story where they had cast their nets into the sea and none of the fish were caught. And so Jesus called them to cast those nets back out again and they pulled on pulled in that huge catch of fish and now they're sitting there on the beach and Jesus looks at Peter this disciple that had been really his right hand man all throughout his ministry and he looks at Peter and says do you love me but he not only asks him once he asks him three times so much so that it even hurts Peter a little bit we have to ask ourselves, why? Why does Jesus ask Peter this question? To, so much to the point that it even hurts Peter's feelings. Well, from the context of the passage, we can see that there's a lot of deep meaning in this question that Jesus asked Peter. And of course, you know, he's asking us that question too. First and foremost, when he asks Peter this question, do you love me? And Peter responds, Jesus responds with a concrete example of what he should do. Tend my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. It gives us the first real example that being a disciple and loving Jesus Christ is not something we just do with our words. It's something we have to do with our actions. Saying I love you, even though our words matter, don't get me wrong, it's important to say kind words and say nice things to each other. But we also have to say those things with our actions. We say I love you to our families, not just by saying it out loud, by how we treat them and how we treat other people around us. 
You all know I'm a big fan of, of Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, there's a famous song that he wrote years ago called, There Are Many Ways to Say I Love You. I thought about singing that song for you this morning, but I love you too much to sing it to you. <laughs> so I'm going to read you a few of the lyrics. He says, there are many ways to say I love you. There are many ways to say I care about you. Many ways, many ways, many ways. Just being there when things are sad and scary. Just being there when you're hurting. Cleaning up your room can say I love you. Hanging up your coat before you're asked to do it. Drawing special pictures for those people you love. Many ways, many ways, many ways. And all of those examples that Mr. Roger, Mr. Rogers gives to the children watching his show are concrete examples of saying I love you, not with your words, but with your actions. That you say you love each other by the way you treat other people. And you can see concrete examples of that all around our world. Just a, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading the news, and I heard this story about a man. I've practiced his name several times, so I hope I get it right. Dino Pagliazzo, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. He's uh, Italian. He lives in Rome. He's a 90-year-old man, and they were telling this wonderful story about he's, how he started a feeding ministry in Rome. When he was the young age of 85... He had been going to a, a train station every single day of his life, the same little neighborhood that he had grown up in. And on one Sunday morning, he went to this train station, and somebody came up to him and asked him for money. It was a homeless person. He could tell the person was homeless. He wondered why he didn't go to one of the food banks or one of the churches around town to, to get help. But the man told him, well, it's Sunday. I can't get help on Sunday. All of those places are closed. All of the church people are worshiping. I can't get help on a Sunday. And so Dino realized something is not right about this. And so Dino decided that the next week he would go home and, and make sandwiches and bring them specifically on Sundays to the train stations. And he got a few of his friends to help and they went and passed out sandwiches to the homeless people. And after doing that for a few weeks, he realized that was not enough. He wanted to do more. And so he started passing out sandwiches on other days of the week too. And then they started getting more and more food donated. And so he started cooking more than just sandwiches, but cooking meals, full meals that he could pass out on Sunday days and Mondays and every other day of the week. And finally, he even got even more donations in, similar to what we do with manna. He would take on clothes to people in need. And what he, after getting all of these volunteers and creating this organization, he decided to call it Roma More, which in my southern accent is translated, love, the, the love of Rome, the love of Rome. He decided to call it that because he knew that the way Rome would become a city full of love was by the way people treated other people. He tried to get more and more volunteers in because he said the way that this city will be a city of love is by the way we treat each other. Jesus tells Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep, tend my lambs, help those people in need. Because that's the way we know you love me. Not just by your words, but by your actions. And so we could take that Mr. Rogers song and we could rewrite it ourselves. There are many ways to say I love you. There are many ways to say I care about you. Helping people who are hungry find food can say I love you. 
Helping someone who's homeless find a place to live. Helping a child who needs help with their schoolwork or helping a child who doesn't have a clear advantage of good schooling. Many ways. Many ways. Many ways. Jesus calls us, calls Peter and calls us to to let our actions match our words. That's who we're called to be when we say we love Jesus Christ. But that doesn't explain why Jesus had to ask Peter three times. Kind of a little overkill there. And yet, I think from the context of the gospel, we can see why. Those of you who know the story of Peter know that this is the same person that just before Jesus died, he had denied Jesus three times. People came up to Peter, came right up to him during that moment where Jesus had been arrested, during the moment where Jesus was being led away to be killed. And three different occasions, Peter was asked if he knew Jesus, if he was one of Jesus' followers. And each time he said, I don't know the man. And so now, here, Jesus asks Peter after the resurrection, after he's appeared to the disciples, do you love me? Do you really love me? And three times, Peter says, you know I do. It reminds us in our minds when we remember that story that this person Jesus is calling is not a perfect person. He's not a person who has done all his right things. He is not a person who has followed Jesus even unto death. He's a person who has been a failure time and time again. And that's, believe it or not, good news for us. Because none of us have been called to discipleship because we get it right all the time. None of us have been called to discipleship because we're good enough or we're smart enough or we do all of our right things. We are called to discipleship and Jesus calls disciples from time and time again all throughout Scripture. You can see He calls those disciples because they need to be called. Their lives need to be changed. He calls them again and again because He knows they need to be redeemed. Now, I know I'm telling you this on a day when we're about to ordain our new deacons and elders. Let me tell you very quickly that all of these people are wonderful people. They're all people who are well qualified to be elders and deacons. But the other thing we need to remember is they have been called as a gift of grace. They are not going to be perfect any more so than I'm going to be perfect. But we give each other grace because that's why God calls us our calling to a new way of life, just like our calling to salvation, just like God's forgiveness for us, is a gift of grace and redemption. It's one of the ways, believe it or not, that Jesus says, I love you. One of Julianne's and my favorite authors is a woman named Jen Hatmaker. Maybe some of you all have read some of her work from time to time. Jen tells this wonderful little story about her mother-in-law who knitted, crocheted this little blanket for her daughter, Sydney. She knitted and crocheted these blankets for all of her grandchildren from time to time. And, of course, as happens from time to time, Sydney's little blanket that her mother-in-law made for her got trapped and caught by their family dog and was torn little into little bits and little shreds, even taken outside, and their little dog tried to bury it in the ground, got it dirty, and made it pretty worthless after a while. Jen was so upset, she wanted to keep this little family blanket as a keepsake for the rest of Sydney's life. 
She was upset and didn't know what to do, so she called her mother-in-law and reported the bad news and thought maybe if she just took the blanket, she could make a a reproduction, a copy of it that, that she could make again and give her sort of a copy of what she had made before. Her mother-in-law came and took the blanket, took it back home and said, I'll see what I can do. And over the next few weeks, she gently washed the blanket and washed with just her hands the the dirt out of the fibers. And she she found little, little fibers that could be tied back together. Where she needed to, she put some new fibers back in, some new threads back in. And finally, to Jen's surprise, she didn't make a new blanket at all. She brought back that same blanket. And this time, she said, it's even stronger than it was before. And Jen says, that to her in a nutshell is what redemption is. Take something that should be lost and broken and maybe even thrown away, and you take it and make it stronger than it was before. Peter could have been rejected by Jesus, but no, Jesus knew that Peter needed to be called. Jesus could reject each and every one of us too. But Jesus knows that each and every one of us need to be called. Each and every one of us need to be redeemed. Each and every one of us need to be made new. That's the good news of this passage, is that Jesus is not only asking Peter, do you love me? But Jesus is looking back at Peter and saying, I love you still. So we could rewrite that song maybe one more time. There are many ways that Jesus loves us. There are many ways that Jesus says He cares about us. Forgiving us for our sins can say I love you. Helping us when we fall and comforting us when we're hurting can say I love you. Calling us to be a disciple can say I love you. Many ways, many ways, many ways to the glory of God. Amen.